Welcome to the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast, a Ball Blast football production. Here are your hosts, Matthew Betts, Matt Okada, and John Helmkamp. Welcome back into the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast. Matthew Betts, John Helmkamp, and... No Matt Okada the on the show today. Of Okada Pass. The ghost of Matt Okada. First, he shaves his mustache. I don't even know who he is anymore. Right. Then he decides to text us last minute and say, oh, you know what? I'm actually not going to make it for the show today. So, listeners, you know, I think it's it's pretty clear who's committed yeah. to your Dynasty roster at this point. It's obviously me and John, and Okada is not. So you can let him know mm-hmm. on Twitter, at Matt Okada, that um, he's a bum and he's the worst. He probably but doesn't even here. know what Dynasty football is, to be honest. No, he does. Does he even watch football? I don't, I don't think he watches football. I don't know. Games. I don't think he does. I, I, I doubt it. Um, but we're here. <laughs> the last time we did an intro, I'm just thinking about it in my head. I, I just busted out laughing because oh, yeah, the, idiot the Okada had, um, had chopsticks sticking out of his nose when we entered the show. So none of that today. Uh, all business, of course. No right? Tom Foolery. No Tom Foolery uh, here. Tom Foolery, no. Uh, on the show. But I'm excited. We're going to talk... Uh, players to buy that we think can help you make a playoff push. It, it is crazy to say it's week eight. So we got to start thinking about playoffs now, especially if you are a contender and you know you're heading to the playoffs. Maybe you're seven and one, six and two, uh, that kind of thing. You need to to shore up that roster, get some players that you can plug in if there's injuries, that sort of thing. We're going to help you do that on, on the show today. Reminder, you can follow me on Twitter at TheFantasyPT. You can follow John at DynastyBeard. The show account is at RichardsFFPod. And Okada, I guess we'll give him a shout-out, is at Matt Okada. Nah. But don't follow him. Just follow us. Nah, scrub. All right, man. Should we break down the news? Yup. All right, not a ton to get to today on the show as far as news. Just one quick report from The Athletic's Aaron Reese talking about how the Packers are among teams to inquire about the availability of Will Fuller. Now, obviously, we know the Texans are in turmoil, essentially, at this point. They're clearly not going to make the playoffs, playing in a tough division in the AFC South. Titans look like the heavy favorites there. Do you think Will Fuller actually gets moved? He's in the final year, deal, final year, excuse me, of his rookie deal. So if he goes somewhere else, he's going to need a new deal. Do you think another team goes in and gets him? Because if he lands on the Packers, man, oh, Aaron Rodgers, oh, yeah. let's go. Yeah, um, I, I think there's a pretty good chance that it happens. I mean, this team is one in six, um, circling the drain right now. They just look absolutely atrocious. Uh, you know, they, them just like the Falcons, who both have are, are on the exact same track right now. Talented players fired their coaches and GMs within a week of each other. Both have the same record at one and six. They're like paralleling each other through the season right now. Um, neither one of them have come out and explicitly said, yes, we are for sale. Uh, you know, come get your, your players here at the trade deadline. Like they're all saying we're not going to sell just to sell, but if, you know, a good offer presents itself, then we might. And considering the Texans don't have a first or a second next year, thanks to Bob, um, I think it would make Shut sense up. if they can get, you know, if they can get a, an extra pick, even if it's a third um, or something along those lines for, for Will Fuller, maybe a fourth even would probably get it done. Um, you need to start accumulating assets in a hurry here and turning this over and getting younger. Um, with him being in the final year of his deal, I think it'd be a good time to move him, and then he can go to another team and kind of prove it for one season fully, stay healthy, and then hopefully get paid. But 
um, you know, Green Bay, we know that they foobarred the draft. Um, so this is about the only best thing that they can do for a contending roster to try to get another asset out there to stretch that field in a big way. Um, Will Fuller would be such a dynamic piece for that offense. The deep threat, the stretching yeah. the defense, opening things up underneath for for Devont Bay and Aaron Jones, um, even Tanyan, Tanyan, rather. Sorry, they adjusted his pronunciation in the pronunciation. Big Bob Tanyan. Tanyan, like Tanyan. Um, so, yeah, I think it would be a great fit for that Packers offense. I, I hope that they can get it done. I, I think there's a good chance that they do. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, certainly they're uh, they're a Super Bowl contender this year mm-hmm. in Green Bay, and I think he would put that roster over the top. Now, the other thing to consider is that they do make a move for him. They don't necessarily have to resign him, so they can almost right. kind of rent him, so to speak, for uh, half a season here and see what happens. Um, worth knowing, they do need to pay Aaron Jones if they want to. Yep. He, he still needs a contract. So I don't know if there's a scenario where they need to, they have the availability to pay both those guys at the same time, right. but we'll see. Um, it's intriguing. I think, I mean, that's the only place I'd want to see Will Fuller go that I wouldn't be like super worried if I have him on a, on a roster right now. He's just locked into so much volume and Deshaun Watson's playing really well. He's, he's having to put the team on his back because the defense is horrible and because the coaching in early in the season was horrible and some of the decisions were bad. So yeah, it's, it's intriguing to see what happens there, but Will Fuller on the move would be something that I'd be really excited about if I was an Aaron Rodgers uh, manager this season. We'll, we'll see what happens, but um, Oh, and I wanted to mention this too. When you brought up uh, Bill O'Brien week eight, Adam Gase still employed every week. We're going to (laughs) continue to check in. Still somehow, some way. And you know what? I honestly think at this point they're going, you're doing a really, really good job of getting us potentially the first overall pick. So why don't we just leave things how they are until the off season and then we'll move on and, and hire Eric the enemy. Um, I'm so intrigued to see what happens. Assuming they get the number one pick, what Trevor Lawrence does, because I saw a report this week that there was a quote that he just said, you know, like everyone just assumes he's going out uh, to leave college early and, and to go to the draft. Presumably he'll be the top pick. And clearly that would be the wise choice most years. But if he knows he's going to the Jets, I would just be, I mean, it would be so, so funny to see him be like, you know what? Another year at Clemson nah. sounds great. I'm just going to pass on one more year at the NFL. But we'll see. That is a discussion for another time. On to a couple injury updates here. Uh, not a ton to get to, but Christian McCaffrey is getting close, man. Uh, by the time our, our listeners hear this, they probably will already know what's happening for Thursday night football. Christian McCaffrey and, and the Panthers play on Thursday. He is close to returning from his high ankle sprain, but the coaching staff says they want to keep getting Mike Davis touches. I mean, he has been so good mm-hmm. for that team and they've been winning a ton of games without Christian McCaffrey in the lineup. I, I almost feel like it makes them more efficient because they're not force feeding the ball to McCaffrey. Yeah. Now, obviously he's still a better running back than Mike Davis. I'm not saying that, yeah. but I'm just really intrigued to see what happens when he get back, gets back in the lineup because, you know, things have been clicking. Like DJ Moore, our boy, is is doing well. Yeah. Robbie Anderson's locked in as a wide receiver one. Teddy B is looking solid as a QB two. Like, what is your thought there with if you have Mike Davis? Like, are you just trying to get out from him now while you can, or, or holding? What are you doing with with the backfield there? Um, I'm holding if I got Mike Davis because I do think that there's a really good possibility that he sees uh, enough work to stay relevant. You know, he's going to obviously de- like decrease. He's not going to continue to post RB one numbers. That's going to be Christian McCaffrey, but it makes sense now that they think that they actually have another viable piece for that backfield where Christian McCaffrey doesn't need 400 touches in a season. Um, yeah, absolutely. Help keep Christian McCaffrey fresh. Go give Mike Davis 
eight to 12 touches per game and let Christian McCaffrey still see probably like 18 and be just fine to give you RB1 numbers on the season. Um, I think it would be the smart football move, and I think that there's enough space for both of them to uh, to hopefully produce. Yeah, it's super intriguing. It is worth noting when you're looking at contracts here. For Mike Davis, if we're talking Dynasty, he is not under contract for 2021. He is an undrafted, uh, an undrafted, <laughs> an unrestricted free agent. Clearly, <laughs> that is not accurate anymore. He is an unrestricted free agent for the offseason here. So to me, if I'm a contender, and certainly if I have Christian McCaffrey, I will hold him because we know if anything would happen in the future again to McCaffrey, you have a locked-in running back one. I feel like I'm probably using this as an opportunity to potentially sell after this week. If you get one more like top 10 week from Mike Davis to just say, you know what, that was a good run. I thought I would literally have nothing with this guy and let's move on and I'll take a second for him or something like that. He is 27. Clearly, in running back years, that's not the most uh, young <laughs> anymore. And just with the uncertainty of the contract, to me, I would probably get out from under him if I can in my leagues. All right. On to your Seattle Seahawks. This is intriguing. On to them. Literally, everyone is hurt. Everyone is hurt in the backfield. Chris Carson, probably going to miss this week. He's dealing with a midfoot sprain. But as per usual, Pete Carroll, so optimistic about it. He says he's more day-to-day. But the truth is, he won't play this week. So now we're looking at potentially... Carlos Hyde, who looked decent uh, this past week in relief for Carson, but he's dealing with a hamstring injury. By all reports, it's pretty minor. Then you have Travis Homer with a bruise in his knee. Unclear how how severe that is. Is it DJ Dallas time in Seattle? It is It is DJ Dallas season. We're going to get the rookie some run and, and see what he can do. It's going to be exciting. Um, but I also think, think that this is going to be a game coming off that loss last week to Arizona in overtime, just ridiculous barn burner, amazing game. Um, sucked. Oh, what a game. Great game. Sucks as a Seahawks fan, but fantastic game. So many highlights, so many moments. The DK Metcalf tracking down Buda Baker was oh. one of the most <laughs> physical. Jetpack on his oh back, my gosh. He just said go. It, it was <laughs> one of the most impressive things that I've ever seen on a football field. Like it was yeah. unreal. Um, Tyler Lockett with his monster four touchdown, 50 fantasy point game. Um, I mean, it it was an absurd game, but with all the running backs being down and having a San Francisco defense where the secondary is kind of banged up a little bit. Um, I expect Russell Wilson to uh, have a big time get right. He's not throwing three interceptions again. Um, and I think that it's going to be a lot of wide receivers um, with some DJ Dallas kind of uh, sprinkled in. So I don't know that he's going to get a ton of carries, especially because it's going to be his first game as being kind of the primary back. Um, I think this is going to be a really heavy pass game, just like that Arizona game was, because Seattle secondary can't stop anything. Um, so I think that DJ Dallas is, is an interesting play this week, though, especially because you have him basically for free. Feel free to put him in your flex. I think that he'll be viable enough there to get you some points, uh, potentially punch in a touchdown if they get down in the red zone. Um, it's going to be interesting. I like him as a prospect. We'll see what he can do. Um, Pete Carroll only cares about competition. He doesn't care about draft capital. So if DJ Dallas starts showing out, uh, maybe it makes them feel comfortable to move on from Chris Carson after the season, like we were talking about before the season started. Yeah, this could be almost an audition yep. for him to see to be the guy. Um I saw a quote from Carol looking at like 
you know, he needs to clean up his pass protection was basically the the thought process behind it. So I'm really interested to see what happens. Like if he's out there on a third down and Russ gets smacked, like is yeah. is he out of the game or, or what happens? So keep an eye on that if you're watching the Seattle game this week. But I agree. I mean, to me, with all these injuries in the backfield, Russell Wilson's going to come out and absolutely destroy this week. Um, so, so funny, man. So they tell you to play in a 14-team league because it's fun. It's more of a challenge. And I, I do that. Right. It's a, a pros and Joes league. And I have a co-manager. Nice. And... We're looking at the waiver wire this past week, and we're like, oh, crap. Like, what are we going to do? It's a 14-team league. Right. No one has running backs. So you know who we played? We played Jalen Richard and Carrion Johnson. Put up a combined, like, two points between the two of them, and we still won Amazing. because of Tyler Lockett. Amazing. Insane, insane, uh, insane game. But, yeah, we our, our wide receivers are strong, and then we just had so many injuries at running back. But thought that was funny that, that I, that's that's what we can see i saw that those wide receivers in any given yeah week. i saw the tyler lockett it was like the 14th highest fantasy output for a wide receiver ever yeah. ever like yeah insane just a crazy game so anyways expect dk metcalf to bounce back yes for sure 100 so, yep. uh, a couple other running backs real quick joe mixon still done with a foot sprain he did not practice on wednesday we'll see if he plays if you have geo clearly he's a, a plug and play top 15 option Without Mixon, Aaron Jones, mild calf strain. Obviously, he did not play last week. We saw Jamal, Jamal Williams come out and smash. I do expect Aaron Jones to play this week, and I think he'll be effective. Um, by all accounts, really, really minor. Was kind of more of a precautionary hold him out type of thing, which the Packers are conservative, and they usually make the right call with that kind of stuff. So if he is active, I am playing him this week. All right, before we get into the next segment, which is players to buy, for a playoff push, I want to remind everyone about the new sponsor of today's show. You heard him last week. That is the When System Podcast. Obviously, if you're listening to this, you love podcasts. W-E-N, the When System, is a a new uh, a way to train. And that's for my good friend, John Williams. And if you're tired of finding a good health and fitness podcast, this is the answer for you. Either the other ones are like super dry, they're too technical, or they don't choose topics that are relevant to your life and training in the gym. Stop looking around because they have the answer. The When System Podcast isn't your typical boring health and fitness pod. It's hosted by my friend John Williams and a pro baseball strength and conditioning coach, Kevin Veritek. And they know you want to hear what, or you know what they want to hear, uh, have to say about that. It's going to be great. They're all around athletes all day. They're not boring. They know what they're talking about and they're super, super smart guys. So check it out. They're confident they can turn you in to a smart person who knows what they're talking about. And that's strong, not just a meathead like John. So check it out. It's it's a great podcast. I actually listened to it the other day. And I was a guest on it uh, the other day talking about some training concepts. Obviously, our listeners know I'm a physical therapist. So really intrigued to see, to see what they have over there. You guys are too. Check it out. The Wine System Podcast. You can get it anywhere you get your podcast. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher. All that good stuff. All right, John. We're talking about playoffs. Mm-hmm. Players to buy. We're talking one expensive guy. So you're going to pay up for him. Yep. Because you know he's going to be good. Yep. A cheap guy who can get it done, but you don't have to sell the farm for. Or a player that we're going to buy for now and later. And the reason I say it like that is because people always think about these like rebuilds and contending teams as like, you know, if you're a contender, you can only buy veterans. Or if you're, you know, rebuilding, you can only buy rookies or, or whatever it is. And I feel like that's just not true. So I am going to to kick it over to you. I want to hear that player first. Someone that's still young enough that can have value next year that you're intrigued about, but can also help you win right now. Who you got? Yeah, so I'm going with a bit of a preseason uh, darling that hasn't really flashed in a big way like 
kind of all of us um, on this podcast expected him to do so. I'm going with Mike Kosicki. Um, I'm going with that tight end, formerly out of Penn State. Um, and if you're going to buy him, I think right now uh, that that window is, is going to start closing here with Tua in that offense. I think that Tua is going to be a boost for Mike Gesicki. I think that he's going to look to his tight end, the, the big friendly target, uh, crossing over the middle of the field quite a bit. Um, he's someone that profiled incredibly well. We were super high on. We thought that in that Chan Gailey offense that he would be utilized a lot in the slot, and he is, but he's just kind of been met in terms of production so far over the course of the season. A couple good weeks, a couple down weeks. Um, the breakout just hasn't happened yet, but I'm still super confident that that is going to happen. And I think that the future outlook of this offense is very, very good with them getting two of there. They still have... Uh, really high draft picks next year because they have the Houston first uh, to be able to continue to boost this this offense, possibly on the offensive line. Um, I think this offense is trending in the right, right direction, and he is still a tight end prospect that I'm very interested in. And I think that someone is going to break out at some point here very, very soon. Yeah, I mean, I've been a Mike Kosicki truther for a while, and Okada's on board as mm-hmm. well. I agree that in the like if you and we're talking players to buy for this year and obviously to help you, but even if you're not, if you're listening and you're like, well, this is really apply to me. My team is uh, second to last place. Mm-hmm. Still go get Mike Kosicki. I mean, yes, next year the arrow will be pointing up again. The athletic profile is insane. He's still out there running a ton of routes. Fifteenth uh, in the league yeah. in, in routes run at the tight end position. So it's not like he's not involved. He just hasn't seen enough volume yet. And I just want to kick it back to you real quick. Uh, did you see the report today? They, they signed Adam Shaheen to uh, an additional couple years on a contract. I did. I, and Any concerns? No, not really. I, I, I just don't really see Adam Shaheen as being a big, big-time threat. I mean, pretty much every offense in the NFL is rolling with multiple tight ends. You need depth of the position. You need tight ends that are going to be able to be utilized in the blocking game. Uh, things like that. I think that Shaheen profiles more in that role and Mike Kosicki profiles more as the pass catching option, which is the one that I want to own. So I'm not really concerned that Shaheen is still going to be a factor. And I know that he's been seeing some some work in the passing game as well, but I still think that Mike Kosicki is that very intriguing prospect that I think is going to break out here, like I said, sooner than later. And he's someone that because he hasn't been doing a lot, you might be able to get him kind of on the cheap right now compared to where his, you know, preconceived value was in the off season. That's probably come down. So I'm, I want to buy him no matter how my team is doing right now. Like he's that kind of player where if I'm in strong contention, okay, I still want to go get Mike Gesicki, especially if I already have one of the top tier guys. If I already have a Kittle, a Kelsey and Andrews or a Johnny Smith, who's sneaking into that territory. Um, I still want to add him. If I'm in a full-on rebuild, he's still someone that I feel comfortable about, you know, going and giving a second from Mike Kosicki um, and, and letting that pay dividends for, for the next couple of years. Yeah, and just a real, real quick point out, we talked about the routes run. Adam Shaheen is like 75th yeah. on the list of tight ends. Like, he's not the receiving tight end that we just saw. So if there's a manager in your league who, you know, is just like recency bias. Two weeks ago, when the Dolphins last played, Shaheen was the guy who got up after like the 20-yard reception. You're like, oh, sweet, there's Gasicki. And then he gets up and you're nope. like, wait, that's the wrong <laughs> that's the wrong guy. 
<laughs> so yes, I think recency bias, you can take advantage. Real quick though, just to talk about some advanced metrics. I, I re- reference this on the pod all the time. The yards per route run stat is very predictive of success for athletic tight ends. Minimum 25 targets this year. Here's the list of names above Mike Kosicki in that metric. George Kittle, Jonu Smith, Travis Kelsey, Noah Fant, Darren Waller. That is the end of the list. So he's right there with those guys. Yards per route run is better than Mark Andrews and TJ Hawkinson, as well as Hunter Henry. So yes, I'm still in on Mike Kosicki. This is a small sample size where it probably can't get worse, to be honest with you. So uh, I agree. He is a buy low, so to speak, for now and later. I love it. All right, my player for this, and John put on the dock here, he's making fun of me as being a homer, <laughs> is Travis Fulgham. Now, if you would have asked me three weeks ago, is Travis Fulgham legit? I would have said, I don't think so. Like, he's probably just a, a lucky game or two. But it's happening week after week after week. And, again, I'm not trying to be a homer, but Carson Wentz is a top 10 fantasy quarterback with dudes off the street. Yep. Now, this offense is getting healthier. Jason Peters returned to practice. Dallas Goddard is due back probably in week 10. Miles Sanders probably back, not this week, probably in week 10. But he's going to come back soon. Uh, Jalen Rager off of IR is coming back soon. So in general, the offense projects to potentially be better than what we've seen in the first month and a half of the year. And, you know, the wide receiver room there is a bunch of veterans. Deshaun Jackson essentially is done in Philly with that injury, which is so brutal the way it happened last Thursday. But he's probably on his way out. Alshon Jeffrey is clearly not the answer long term with where he's at in his career. I could totally see a scenario next year where it's Jalen Rager, you know, it's it's Ertz if they can resign him or if he even wants to resign uh, Goddard, and then Fulgham on the other side, and he's locked in there as an every down role player for this team. I think he's a cheap guy that you can get and have him for not only this year but next year. The strength of schedule for the wide receivers for Philly is insane. Look at these matchups coming up, All right, John? This is I'm very excited as, okay. as you can tell here. <laughs> we got Dallas this week. I think we want to play some wide receivers think? against Dallas. Then they go on by. After that, we get the Giants that have given up the 11th most points. Cleveland, giving up the second most. I know you love your Seahawks, John, but they cannot stop the no, pass. No, they cannot. First, hey, I'm, dead I'm last, playing, dead last I am playing the Jimmy Garoppolo, Brandon Ayuk stack against Seattle in DFS. I know they suck against the pass. Yes. Like, it's okay. <laughs> yes, 100%. But those four matchups coming up over the next month can push you into the playoffs if you need a starter as like a wide receiver two slash three. And then if you make it to the playoffs in week 16, they get Dallas again. So I am I'm really intrigued about that because you don't have to break the bank to get him. You could probably give up a second and it's a done deal for Travis Fulgham. So I'm doing that if I need a wide receiver in my leagues. Since week three, from week three through week seven, that sample size there, where do you think that Travis Fulgham ranks in overall fantasy points of the wide receiver position? I'm gonna say wide receiver six. Okay, not quite that high, but not off by much. He's the wide receiver 12, but he's only, wide receiver 6 is there. He's only 8 points behind the wide receiver 6. He's 1.6 points behind DJ Moore and Tyreek Hill and Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins and Adam Thielen. Like, he's giving you the same production that those guys are giving you. He looks good. He looks athletic. He looks like he can make contested catches. He's got a decent-sized frame. Um, yeah, this guy just totally came out of nowhere, but I can absolutely see him being, um, a viable number two on that team. Like that, the, the bigger body target 
while you have your deep shot speed guys. It's it's almost like Philly kind of lucked into Travis Fulgham. Like they oh, they only sure. had speed guys. They only had Deshaun Jackson and then Jalen Rager, who basically is Deshaun Jackson, and then Jonathan Hightower. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, you mean we actually do have a decent like size possession wide receiver? who happened onto the field out of necessity, but okay, cool. We'll take him. He's good. I like what, what I've seen out of him. Um, and I'm right there with you. I think that he's someone who, you know, next year should be kind of a week, week in, week out wide receiver too, like a really solid piece on your fantasy roster. And I think that he's going to continue to do that as the season goes on as well. I love it. All right. I'm going to save the last one. The, the one that I'm very excited about for very last, because I know you are too. So let's talk about a player now that, you know, you're saying, all right, I hear you guys, like, I want to make a trade, but I don't have a ton of capital to, to go all in for this push. Like, how do I get a piece like that? Who is a cheap target you have if you're trying to win now in Dynasty for the playoffs? Yeah, um, especially in, in your super flex formats. Um, there's a quarterback out there that I think is still kind of being ignored um, because his fantasy output has not been... Uh, crazy high. Um, it's Teddy Bridgewater. And let me pull up exactly where he's ranked right now in quarterback scoring. I know he's a solid quarterback too. I think he was 18. He's 18. He's the quarterback 18 right now on the season. But he has the fifth most passing yards in the entire NFL. This is exactly what we talked about as we were going into the season. Why we enjoyed Teddy Bridgewater is because they have a system and the players available to get yards after the catch like crazy. DJ Moore is doing it. Curtis Samuel is reviving and, and being productive. You have Robbie Anderson providing a good deep shot. They're getting production out of the running back position, even without Christian McCaffrey. The touchdown regression, like positive regression, is going to come. And when it does, he's going to continue to look better and better for fantasy purposes as the season goes on. Everything is there saying that he's producing well. He's right depth smack in the middle of your quarterback two area with the fifth most passing yards, but he has half the passing touchdowns of Josh Allen. He has eight. Josh Allen has 16. This week, he has a really juicy matchup um, against uh, Atlanta, who has been absolutely terrible against the pass. Um, or I'm, I'm sorry. Did I have that right? I thought it was Atlanta. It yeah, is Atlanta. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's an F yeah. So he's got Atlanta this week, which is a great, great matchup for him. That secondary has been absolutely terrible. They're giving up a ton of yards and a ton of, t of touchdowns through the air. I think that this is a week where we can see him in prime time, put the yardage together with a touchdown game. He could easily go off for three passing touchdowns in this game against that secondary. And all of a sudden, he's going to be kind of skyrocketing, kind of up people's charts, and people are going to be realizing, oh, with one really good week, he could go from quarterback 18 to like quarterback 14 and be looking as a fringe quarterback one. So I think that he's a really great asset that people are sleeping on. And especially if he's sitting on someone's roster that is not in contention, he is someone that I want to go add right now to a super flex roster that I think is going to pay really, really good dividends down the back half of this season in a really weak division passing wise. And allow him to uh to be that quarterback two or even a quarterback three if you already have two other quarterbacks and you want a third so that you can play with your matchups on a week-to-week -week basis he's someone that i want to go out and target in trades 
Yeah, if you're in a super flex league as a QB2, I, I love it. I mean, you talked about the touchdowns. They're coming. Yeah. He is currently... Uh, let me pull it up real quick. He is currently at 3.4 touchdowns. Yeah, super percent. Which, yeah, you know, if, if you've listened to the show, we've referenced that stat before. If you're not super into, like, the data and the science kind of behind the, the numbers, essentially all it is is, you know, how often are you throwing a touchdown? Or what percentage of your throws result in a touchdown? Normally, it's like four and a half is, like, super, like, meh. Like, it's okay, but it's not great. Five is good. Six is excellent. And then you have, like, you know, Lamar Jackson. Nine. Actually putting up like nine <laughs> yeah. percent, which is just obscene. Which um, came back down to earth. Who could have yeah. ever figured that that would regress? <laughs> right. I wish anyone would have Gosh, said that. I wish it would have shucks. been that If only season. we said it um, all offseason. <laughs> exactly. But 3.4% is not going to last. Eventually, that's going to come back up. And I think he'll end the season around like 4.5-ish percent, which means in the back half of the year, if he's throwing the ball as much as he is with that much yardage, it has to happen yeah. eventually. And we talked about Christian McCaffrey coming back. I would argue he is a better weapon overall. If you give me some, if you give me Mike Davis or Christian McCaffrey on a screen pass in space, I'm choosing CMC ten out of ten well, times yeah. to be able to create <laughs> long touchdown right. runs, and that's what I'm saying, like more equity that way. So yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I was a Teddy B truther mm -hmm. in in the preseason just because he was a cheap QB two that you could get. I like it a lot. One other very cheap QB two you can get is a 43 year old quarterback named Thomas. Uh, let me mess this up. Thomas Edward Patrick Brady. Shout out to Okada. TB12. Now listen, you do not make this move unless you 100% know you're going to the yeah, playoffs. Yeah, you're like and top three And this is reason why I'm telling you to buy this player. Yes, yeah. if, you, if you have one loss, maybe two losses, if you know for sure you're going to the playoffs, if you need a quarterback two that will produce quarterback one numbers that you don't want to pay a first for, this is the dude. I know. He's 43. It's Dynasty. So again... This is only for a certain number of listeners and a certain number of players, but here's why. All right. Chris Godwin, broken finger. He'll be back in probably about two weeks. Mike Evans, still a great red zone threat. Rob Gronkowski all of a sudden has a pulse. And I don't know if you've been watching the Bucks games, John, but he actually he looks, looks really good. good in the red zone. Yeah. He looks like the old Gronk in maybe like not maybe like 80% right. old Gronk, but that's still great for Tom yeah. Brady. Now you have Leonard Fournette back and say what you want about the guy. But he's been pretty decent catching the football out of the backfield. Ronald Jones looks good. I mean, the offense is humming. And oh, by the way, they just added some dude named Antonio Brown. Now, do I project Antonio Brown to be insanely good this year? No. But him being on the field, I think, helps Tom Brady. And this all elevates him to be, I think, a top 10 quarterback rest of yep. season. The schedule is really, really juicy uh, down the stretch here for the quarterback position for Tampa. I'm going to read up some of the matchups coming up here, especially in the playoffs. So this week, Giants, obviously it's good. New Orleans, they're not scary either. It gets a little tough with guys or our opponents like the Rams and Kansas City. But then the week 13 bye comes, and then you get past that, and you just have fantasy gold. In the playoffs. The Vikings. Coming off a of bye week. In the playoffs. Week 14. A Bruce Arians offense off a of bye week for your fantasy playoffs. Yes. Vikings can't stop anyone. Atlanta, we just talked about with Teddy Bridgewater, clearly are just getting destroyed through the air. Then the the Lions in week six. That's like the Tom best. Brady is going to come out and yeah. absolutely smash for those three weeks. So again, it's only if you know you are a top two or three team in your league. But if you are, I mean, as a super flex QB two, that's going to give you top ten numbers. Yes, please. He's going to be top five for those three weeks in in your fantasy playoffs. Like I, he's going to smash. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked in those matchups, especially because they are not in position right now. 
to be lining up for the bye week. They're not one of the top NFC teams, and that could change if they basically run the table from here on, which it's Tom Brady, and it's possible, and they've got a good defense. Um, but with the new playoff format, only one team gets the number one seed, meaning everyone else is still fighting up to the very, very end. I expect them to be going for it. I expect him to be playing kind of with a chip on his shoulder for the rest of the year because he's had a couple blunders and the four and all that fun stuff. So I think that he's going to come out. I think that as this offense continues to gel and get on the same page more, because remember, there was no preseason for Tom Brady in a brand new offense with new language and new players. So as they continue to gel and people get right, Chris Godwin comes back healthy into the fold. That offense, I think, is going to be incredibly explosive down the stretch. I really like that call of making a move for him if you're a contender. Um, Because he's not retiring this year. This is not Drew Brees. Tom Brady's still going to be around for probably a couple seasons at least. So I have no problem on a contending roster going and getting Tom Brady and getting quarterback one production, especially in the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, he has sneakily entered the MVP discussion. Now, to me, it's still Russ, and it's not even close. But he's entered the conversation, whereas three weeks ago, you'd be like, what? Yeah. Like, But he's just turned it on late, and I think he really is making a push for that. So we'll see how that shakes out. But last player here, John, the floor is yours. Give me an expensive buy. A, a guy that you oh, know yeah. is going to cost you, but it's going to be worth it down the stretch. Okay. Who is it? So on purpose, I have intentionally... Not talked much about this guy over the last couple months because all I did was talk about him the entire offseason leading up to the NFL draft and leading up to the season. It is the 1.01 of my heart. It is Jonathan Taylor. And before everyone groans and goes, John, stop it. We know you like Jonathan Taylor. I get it. Here's the deal. Jonathan Taylor was an elite prospect coming out of college that went to incredibly good offensive line. That, that offensive line got off to a slower start than people expecting jonathan taylor had really one solid production game where he eclipsed 100 rushing yards and other than that has really kind of been mediocre there's been some issues with his vision there's been some issues with his uh, usage he had one game of 26 carries he hasn't topped 17 carries since the week after that so i i still believe in jonathan taylor and the reason why i'm saying he's expensive is because of the draft capital that the person that took him used to get him. Especially if, if this is a dynasty league that has already been going and this is a rookie pick, you're looking at a top three pick, depending on the format and, and where he was taken. So that person might, might not be ready to jump ship yet. But if that person is also not contending, this is a running back that right now is giving you RB2 numbers that has the easiest strength of schedule for any running back in the NFL for the rest of the season. Coming off of a bye week where I expect there to be some some corrections, some learning, some getting in the playbook, getting a better understanding of the scheme and everything that's taking place there in Indy, they are still very much in it for the playoff push. They're not just like folding up shop and calling it a year. They've limped through some injuries. Michael Pittman Jr. is coming back onto the field, which is really good news. I expect Jonathan Taylor eventually to be a bell cow running back in this offense as this season continues to go on. And you can get him right now for probably the cheapest that he's going to be, I would expect, in the next couple of years. I'm still in on him emerging as being an RB1 in this league. Maybe not a top three guy. Potentially he can get there in a couple of years. But I think next year he could very much so have like Josh Jacobs 
value this season coming in. I think that that's very comparable for where we can see Jonathan Taylor next year. One of the things that I found very, very interesting, this is something that um, bets you and I both saw this on Twitter last week, and the Colts are coming off a bye. So I think that everyone might be kind of forgetting about Jonathan Taylor a little bit, but the four games before their bye, uh, his percentage of backfield touches went from 40% to 45% to 70 to 72.7%. They are continuing to lean on him more and not just on the run game, but he's getting involved in the passing game as well. And by the way, he only has one incompletion this year when targeted. So take that for data. This guy can do it in both sides and both assets or both aspects of the offense. And they want to utilize him as being probably the best playmaker that they have on that side of the ball. I think they're going to continue to rely on him. And with that strength of schedule, I think that Jonathan Taylor is going to make a massive second half push in this season and give you RB1 numbers down the back half of the year. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to get any any pushback from me on this. I, I don't get it with people, you know, like people are just wanting him to be a top five back as soon as Marlon Mack went down with his Achilles injury. Right. And I, I, you know, I would have loved to see that too. But here's his finishes by week: twenty two at the running back position, then fourteen, twenty one, thirty four. All right, that was a down week against Chicago. We it's Chicago. That. Yeah. Then, then Cleveland seventeen, and then nine. So you have an RB two every single week who's honestly hasn't looked awesome. Like this is the absolute worst it's going to be yeah, for Jonathan I Taylor. I mm -hmm. think, I think this season. So you're buying a player at an RB2 uh, production level that can give you definitely top five numbers if things start to click. And I feel like there's just been enough talk on Twitter, enough, you know, disappointment out there. If you drafted him that like, what the heck, this is not the guy he was supposed to be. So uh, to me, this is the only time you may ever be able to get Jonathan Taylor for a somewhat reasonable price on your roster um i love it i'm with you for sure and in redraft leagues i've been trying to scoop him up anywhere i can with trades and it's not working i play with too many smart people right. and just like no i know what's coming like get the away. great thing is um <laughs> so it's gonna be really I'm fun trying. it's gonna be really fun this weekend against the lions getting him and deandre swift on on the field at the same time like against each other that that's gonna be a, a fun little fun little back and forth to watch with those guys and i think both of them are gonna have really good games but yeah, I think that this is the start of the uh, the get right campaign. And I think that um, if he gets the usage, which has been trending in the right direction, if he can get this guy 20 opportunities this weekend, um, this is someone that could easily give you like top eight running back numbers this week. Yep. Love it, man. I'm in. All right. My expensive buy is going to shock a lot of people. They probably have never heard me talk about this guy ever before on this podcast. That is Terry McClory. <laughs> I've been on for the past, I don't even know, you nine and I months. Both, we went so on brand. And with, get this with guy. Yes, we, we both went with our, yeah. our guys. Um, so on brand with, with who we've been on. And I think it tells you why, right? Like we see that these players, both these guys, Jonathan Taylor and Terry McClory, have higher ceilings than what we've seen so far this year. Now, people think Terry McLaurin hasn't been that good for fantasy. He's the wide receiver 10 in PPR mm -hmm. formats. And that's with Kyle Allen still playing as bad as he's played this year. So to me, I mean, is there, do you feel like there's a stigma out there in, in terms of like what people have thought about Terry McLaurin? Because there was so much hype. We had Hartman on the show. He was talking to us about how this guy looks like the next OBJ yeah. type player. 
there was everyone was like, this is the breakout wide receiver you need, us included. And then I feel like it's just kind of been quiet well, on Terry McLaurin. Do you get that sense I too? do. And I think the reason why is that everybody wants a breakout player to be last year's Chris Godwin. And that doesn't happen every year. You don't have someone come out of nowhere and be a top two guy in the entire NFL. He's wide receiver 10. And he's had some terrible, like, games that he's been involved in, not him personally, but the the injuries at the quarterback position and, and things switching in-game and stuff like that. And he's still a wide receiver one. Like, what do you want from the guy? He's he's wide receiver 10. He'll probably finish, I would assume, right around there or higher, probably like wide receiver six, I could see as being like a finish for him because he's so good after the catch and he can do it himself regardless of who's throwing him the ball. He's that good at the wide receiver position. So I love Terry. You know that. Um, He's been fantastic. Last year's wide receiver class, man, Terry McLaurin, DK Metcalf, and A.J. Brown are tearing the league up right now. And that is really, really fun to watch. So, yeah, I am all in on on Terry as well. Um, I do not have enough shares of him. Um, I wish that I had more because he is super fun to watch. I think after this show, I'm going to go out and try to trade for him in even more leagues. I have him in all except for, I think, three. I mean, I play. Yeah, that's like Jonathan Taylor with me. All except for like three. Like 85% exposure. So I need to go get him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to get 100%. After the bye week, he gets the Giants, Detroit, Cincinnati, Dallas, and Pittsburgh hasn't really been that good. I mean, it sounds like a scary defense. Their secondary has actually been pretty beatable, especially against wide receivers. And then Seattle in the playoffs, like, yes, that please. was six. Go, go, go! Trade for that him was right six now. Six juicy right matchups that I kind of like. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, man. Well, now that I'm really hyped, we got to close the show. Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, without Okada today, we we still held it down. Um, I would even say arguably better than with Okada on the show. Yeah, team. that's just yeah. me. Though. That's just. I me. mean, let's let's be honest. When Matt Okada isn't here, um, you and I are able to uh, actually get some work done um, and and talk about things, <laughs> which which is nice. Um, no no shenanigans and yoga pants and bro tanks and chopsticks <laughs> in his nose and probably flaming hot Cheetos next to him. Um, oh, hundred percent with his code red, code Mountain, red Mountain Dew every time. What a guy. All right, listeners, we are back next week as per usual. Good luck in your, your week eight matchups. Go make some trades. Go make a push for the Dynasty playoffs. Of course, check out ballblastfootball.com. Follow John on Twitter at Dynasty Beard. Follow me at the Fantasy PT. Until next time, we are the Red Shirts. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out BallBlastFootball.com for all things fantasy football.